Marcel, welcome to The Spiritual Hustle. Uh, we're very excited to have you on. Um, the Spiritual Hustle started out of an, an idea to um, how do me and Jessica give back to the community. And we thought the best way to give back to people in the world at large is to show them how they can be um, the main source of authority in their own lives. And, and spirituality is a big part of that for us. Um, we like to say that we're trying to pierce through the veil to understand how the universe really works and our place in it. And, and that's really why we're so excited to talk to you because you, you definitely have that spiritual path you're on, but you've accomplished so much in the entrepreneurial world also, which is, which is a great combination. And uh, mm -hmm. let me just go through some of your um, accomplishments. You're a serial entrepreneur. You've created 10 companies in the last seven years. Um, you're an advisor, mentor to many startups. Uh, you're the head of the Swiss chapter of the Global Entrepreneurship Network. Uh, you started uh, F-Space, which is really exciting because we use similar uh, spaces in New York when I had a startup. And you're working on a documentary and book entitled uh, The Entrepreneur, the, the Human, which I think feeds into your mission statement uh, of going from being a human so, sorry, from going from being a human being to being human, which I think the world is desperately in need of. Um, so we, we'd love to hear your story, like where it all started and where you are right now. I mean, you already mentioned a few uh, loads. Uh, yeah. I think what really changed my, my world was kind of the, the journey of my life when I uh, traveled the world for a year, 10 years ago. It was uh, 2007, 2008. And I think it was the best school and investment ever in myself, actually, because uh, mainly traveling in poor countries or develop, uh, developing countries, I learned a lot about myself and the privileges we have, especially in, in the industrialized uh, countries or like uh, Switzerland, particularly, where we have all the uh, choices. So for me, the luxury thing or the wealth itself was really having uh, the choices in my life. I always had the choices. And then I started with building one company after another. Like at once I had four companies in parallel and I also did the MBA. So I was working a lot. Uh, I was working too much maybe, and that's the reason why I almost burned out or would go through depression. And something happened four years ago. I, I explored a tumor in my head. Right. And uh, I think that really changed myself a lot because I refused the traditional medicine, like the heavy drugs or, or chemicals. And I went to Tibet and I worked a lot with shamans and spiritual people. And I knew after two days when I got the diagnosis, actually, after two days, I, I told my family it's the best who could ever happen because uh, a tumor can be very spir spiritual, actually. Wow, that's an amazing way to view it. That's incredible. So can you talk a little bit about like, what, what you actually did to get rid of that tumor? Um, I mean, I, I, the problem was really, I, I had amazing people taking care of me in the hospitals 
and we have an amazing health system in Switzerland, but I was usually very happy and healthy and smiling. And once I entered the hospital, I felt really shitty. <laughs> and I was question, questioning myself why I do feel so shitty entering a hospital when uh, those people tried to help me. And I just felt and realized that actually the hospital made me sick. And also the chemicals and all that stuff they gave me was the problem. And not that I actually had a problem. It was more like I felt those people kind of fucked me up in that place. So it was like, um, I, I told them I appreciate everything, but I'm going to go on my own journey. And so I've been in um, uh, Malaysia, in the jungle, in, in Tibet, in Greenland, with very special people. And I mean, every health journey or healing journey is different. So I cannot really generalize. But what I learned and what I usually... Uh, advice to people with for example cancer it's like really to to trust their own intuition what's best for them and not yeah, just yeah. listening to the people in white and i've lost people in my really close surrounding because they they were uh, they somehow didn't want to live further so they just listened on the doctor in white and they thought that uh, Let's say chemotherapy or radiation therapy will help them or heal them. And the journey, the most, the most difficult part about the healing journey is the trust. It's nothing else yeah. than the trust. And it took me maybe two years. It's really, really, really important that you create first the trust in yourself and then you convince your family and friends that you are so 100% sure whatever you decide will be right because I had to justify all my decisions with my friends and family because they told me I'm going to kill myself uh, refusing <laughs> refusing the things that the recommended and I mean after the trust you kind of need to have this curiosity and try everything I mean you can't do anything wrong uh, you have to try different things and you have to uh, listen on your intuition your feelings emotions and and uh, i think a healing journey is so much more than the physical it's 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 way beyond that it's also very uh, deep uh, mental or and uh, spirit question so if you if you really believe you're healthy, you are healthy. And that's basically where where I felt I'm healthy and then I don't need any help. And, and that's, that's it. The, the amazing part- Was this clear enough? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was clear and, and it made a lot of sense. Um, and it's simple, uh, but it, it's not easy. What, what, what you just outlined and, and the part that's difficult and, and I've run into this is having the faith, right? Having the faith that you're, you're going to be okay. Cause, cause once you can have that faith and, I, and I've experienced moments of complete faith in my life. And I realized that whatever I thought and focused on would happen. 
Um, but being in a situation where your life is on the line and still having that kind of faith, that to me has always been like the difficult part. And it's, it's amazing that you were able to get through that. Um, th that, that takes a lot of courage also. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I mean, it's always easier once you're, you went through something, you, you kind of reflect and you, you look back and it, you say, yes, it's, it's easy. And usually I say it, it is easy. As I learned so much about myself, I, right. I mean, I, I usually tell people it's a mind, body, and spirit. So it's healing you need to har uh, balance and create a harmony amongst each single aspect. Like you need to balance and, and create a harmony in your body which is one of the biggest actually sources for a cancer for example because cancer is nothing else than the strongest sign of your body that something is imbalanced and as long as you keep uh, taking these drugs or whatever you will not restore the imbalance in your body you just uh, so it's very easy you focus on the body create the balance there then the mind and also the spirit and once everything is balanced you create this massive healing and you can also heal the whole universe or others and i mean food is such a big thing also when it comes to healing and kind of also having a healthy spirit you need to have a healthy I used to say church for the spirit or temple. If right. if your body is fucked up, your spirit will most likely not be the the healthiest too. That's right. It'll probably relocate to another location, right? It doesn't want to have anything to do with that shit. I've experienced <laughs> that also. Um, can you tell us a little bit about like, I assume that as you went through this process, you meditated a lot, right? And I know that when I'm not feeling well, I meditate and I bring up the feeling of being well. And after doing that for a while, I feel well. Like it takes like numerous days and times to get that feeling ingrained and anchored in yourself. Did you do something like that? Did you meditate as you were going through this? Uh, usually I do a few intense meditation weeks a year. Okay. I would say two to four. It's the best for me where I really... I get offline. I I do like very like I did a, a heavy one or a, a really deep one in uh, it was actually in May I believe in Greece and the daily routines is very simple. I meditate five minutes a day and I meditate a lot when I'm in a plane and <laughs> I never really know why the why the fuck I, in the plane I fly a lot <laughs> and I, I understood maybe it's the gravity issue I have not less gravity up there and I can meditate easier okay. and I for me really or even when I'm in a train or in a bus I think I like a lot to meditate on the go uh, because I sense the similar energy in a different way when I'm not uh, in a fixed position and what I also discovered for me, the Vipassana meditation or this silent sitting for hours, it's nothing for me. I need to be active. So like dynamic meditation works good or Kundalini, Nada Brahma meditation is really beneficial for me because I'm an active person and everything too silent makes me 
makes me going mad and <laughs> it's not and it's not very beneficial so i and what i discovered with for example meditating in india with people from offshore it's like it resonates actually the best with me because i can also let go a lot of my emotions like i i i can cry i can i can express my anger because many people that's very important when you meditate that you also address and also celebrate the the anger and the vulnerability in our human being aspects so for me and what I also used to say, it's like, we are not on this beautiful planet to suffer. And when it comes to meditation, too many people believe you need to suffer in a, in a monastery for weeks that you kind of go deeper into yourself and becoming enlightened. I don't believe so. I, I, I really believe there is no, there should be no suffering. Everyone is different. So you do, Again, also here, listen what your body, spirit, and mind is telling you when you do the meditation. Yeah, I think um, I, I think that's a good point that that um, I try to bring up with, with a lot of people is um, it, everyone has this idea of, of meditation is like sitting, you know, and and, and just trying not to think and stuff, and um, it's really not. Uh, like that when there there are ways to to meditate that that work for everybody and um and if you're into sitting there for for an hour or two go go for it but uh but uh the the idea that that's the only way to um understand yourself better um is incorrect and it is something that uh, is usually one of the first few things that i have to explain to somebody when i'm talking about meditation um or mindfulness is um that there are not better ways, but just different ways that work for other people. And, and I, I like that, uh, that you brought that up. Um, uh, because I, mm. I've had some of my best meditation sessions on, on an airplane. That's why I resonated with that really well. And I never even thought about it. Oh, maybe it is the gravity, but I, I always thought it was because of the humming of the airplane. It, it had a nice resonance to it. And I just listened to it. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, I, I like this quote that, that sim simplicity is the source of genius like you really become a genius when once you create this simplicity in life and also i believe when you get more spiritual everything becomes more sim so there is a, a coherence in simplicity and and spirit and even enlightenment so it's not adding more bullshit and things or complexities really uh, throwing that things out of the window and reduced to the basic things and what i also say usually don't see anything so don't observe your surroundings so disconnected with yourself many people i love nature but everything is nature even driving my car is pure nature it's all nature everything in the car is nature plastics the aluminium the steel we just change the structure of it even a plane is complete nature so I, I tell the people you can even meditate. It doesn't really matter in which surrounding you are. And you can, even this uh, podcast, I'm standing in the middle of the nature here with a great view. That's, that's also meditation. So we should not see it always 
see ourselves so disconnected or that we need kind of take a special meditation session it can be but the whole day can be become kind of a meditation once you are aware and important what you notice because not it's not only the notice part it's the noticing of the noticing part which makes the magic happens and then when you do the yeah. the noticing of the noticing of the noticing then you're then you're really getting somewhere <laughs> So one of the things we've noticed when talking to other guests on the podcast is they have a spiritual side and they're also in business. Some as entrepreneurs, some working in the corporate world. And it's always interesting to see how they merge the two, right? Specifically in the corporate world, because corporate world has a certain way of acting within it. So what, what I'm interested in to hearing from your perspective is when, you, when you're working with these companies, you're bringing a, a different perspective. You're being, you're being human uh, in, in regards to helping them, right? So I wanted to make clear that when it comes to being successful in business and corporate or entrepreneurship, you can have a sense of humanity and being human and still be successful. Uh, you know, you don't have to be cut like many tech entrepreneurs are. I would love to get your, your viewpoint on that. Uh, I think also there is so simple to be successful as an entrepreneur, and I think it doesn't really matter uh, corporate or not or startup. It's what we forgot with this massive technology and complexity we created the past, let's say, 20, 30 years. We kind of forgot that there is a human interaction. It's human A and human B, and with everything, if we have, let's say, if we invest in a company, we invest in people, there is no, the company doesn't even exist. I also tell people, the government doesn't exist. There is no government, it's people representing other people. So stop blaming governments, and in entrepreneurship, just keep that in mind. You have always, at at the moment, maybe in future robots will order things, but at the moment, human will order you goods and services. So keep that in mind. And uh, so everything human in this perspective is from benefit. Once you have this human, uh, the understanding, and I think the the crucial part is the respect. I, I pray a lot of respect to the people I'm working with because we lost the respect with anything, with ourselves, with the nature, with everything we are consuming. So having the respect when somebody invests an hour with me, I'm, I'm respecting his lifetime, I, I acknowledge my lifetime. And this is what we completely forget. We, we take everything so uh, uh, for normal or we, we don't actually see the small things and the other part, which I think is very significantly important, it's the ownership and the sense of belonging. And this part you can't really have in a corporate. I mean, you can have a little bit, but the ownership and the belong, belonging, and that's basically 
uh, what will the millennials and the generation Y strive for? It's like these meaningful values, uh, sense in their doing. That's so crucial. And and then you can build a, another glass palace headquarter. After three months, the people will still feel and realize they're still in a in a in a um, cage somewhere. So. I, I, I really believe simplicity and awareness is, is a major part of being successful. Yeah, I guess that, um, that kind of leads nicely into um, um, your entrepreneurial retreat and, um, and kind of my whole thinking about um, entrepreneurs in general and, um, and, and how spirituality ties into that because I think that, that, that there's a massive, um, I don't know if it's a disconnection or a connection or, or uh, maybe you can articulate it better, but um, you have entrepreneurs, you have Gary Vee, you have um, um, people like that um, in your face all the time. Um, very, um, they're very aware of themselves, very, uh, very conscious, uh, but they, they don't have a, a very deep spiritual aspect. And then you have on the other end of the spectrum, you know, the, the Deepak Chopras and stuff. Um, and they're extremely spiritual um, and also entrepreneurial, but there, there's definitely something there when it comes to an entrepreneur, uh, somebody who's working from home um, and the spirituality aspect of that, um, possibly because when you're working by yourself um, for long hours, there is a lot of time for introspection, but I feel like there's a connection there that, that's not um, being fully drawn out and, um, and I, I think that there's opportunity in, in that community in particular, the entrepreneurial community to um, really uh, awaken in terms of, uh, uh, of having uh, massive spiritual effects uh, for a large number of people that possibly couldn't actually really happen in a corporate environment simply because um, there's, there, uh, not, to, not to lay any blame, but, but because there's an HR department. And so it's, it's hard to really truly speak your mind um, without, getting in trouble. Um, it, it, am, am I saying any, am I throwing, I'm, I'm basically throwing spaghetti at a wall right now and, and trying to see how, see what sticks. Um, so if, is there anything that, uh, that made sense in that, uh, in that diatribe? Uh, yes, it makes sense. I, I think, again, also this part, uh, you know, those people, usually it's alignment of their values and of their uh, passion and purpose when they do anything uh, independently as entrepreneur and and the most successful entrepreneurs they they gave a fuck about money they gave little thing or they really they don't care what the external or the outer world is saying you see there are so many examples and i think this is another crucial part that you i maybe you really you give a fuck what the others say and you you don't care it it's not it needs the basic prim, principle is be kind with every kind so you don't harm anybody else it's you know of our karma etc but if it comes to and i was on the way to become also another ego being i would say um, striving for more power money and recognition and the tumor helped me so much to going really deep into myself. And now I, I give a, I don't care. It's like, 
as long as I'm aligned with myself. And as I, this is another important thing because we come alone and we go alone. So once I'm going to die, if I have lived this fake life or uh, being fake, for the others, it's okay. I can fake everybody else. I can't fake myself. Right. And the day I'm going to leave this body behind, that will be an awful experience when I realize, oh, shit, I fake myself so much. I wasn't true to myself. So you, you don't need to be everybody's darling. And when it comes to spirituality, sometimes I meet spiritual beings, but it's so much fake also there. And so I think really spirituality is also uh, kind of being true to yourself and not focusing too much on the external world. And an important aspect, and it's also in business, not listening and fulfill, try to fulfill expectations of the other. And it's so important, I think 80-90% of the expectations we have are not even ourselves so that's crazy why why should i listen and focus and spend my life energy in expectation which i which which was not created by myself that's that's insane but that's a society families so i'm 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 very careful on family issues families uh, it's another big topic in, in spirituality. Families created so much misery on this planet, same like religions. Mm. So uh, it's very important that you also are aware of, of these uh, family issues. Yeah, it's like um, um, you, you see a lot of people trying to help other people and and a lot of those people ha haven't even gotten to the point where they're able to effectively help themselves. So it's like, how do you, how do you even expect to help somebody else if you can't even, uh, as Jordan Peterson says, if, if you can't even make your own bed in the morning, you know? Um, and then bringing that into family, it's like, it's like even harder because, it, well, it, it's not harder, but it's like, it's like if you can't create a, a, a healthy community within your own family, it's like, it's like, again, it's like, and then you're going to go out into a, a different community with the people who have different values, different culture, and you're going to try to tell them how to live. And you think that that's going to work out for everybody. And it's like, it's not. <laughs> um, yeah. But the, the one person, if there's one person that, that you can't lie to, it's yourself. And it's like, and that, that should be like the, a, a key fundamental um, thing that everyone focuses on. Um, but sometimes it's not. And, um, and it is, and it is important to, to bring up. You know what I usually say? It's like the biggest crime and uh, misery on this planet is the suppression of potential. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm really much against it. It's the biggest crime, really. What happens in our schools, in families, and even in companies, it's, it's, it's amazing. Like corporates, they do it by intention. They, they, how, would, how you come up with this insane idea? You hire people. And on the other hand, you, you kind of lower and suppress their full potential. It doesn't make sense. So, but it's, it's like a, it became standard. And we have shown, humankind has shown, we, we have these infinite possibilities uh, and really this abundance uh, world of everything. It's, 
everything is in abundance and our potential also is 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 there and i think again it's the question of a few things you need to be aware to create a simple life and to kind of the magic lies within us so it's really uh, and you mentioned if if you have these fake helpers they try to help others and i know many and they call them even a coach or whatever mm. and their life is a pure misery and and their childhood issues are like so obviously not solved so it's it's pure frustration if and it must be also tough for those people because if they would take a few days or a week to kind of reflect uh they yeah, it would bring a lot of change but they they're usually super busy and not not investing any moments to think what what's really um what i'm actually doing as a coach or whatever and that's an excellent point that they need to like sit down and take a pen and paper and just reflect on things that are going on in your life and giving you giving, you, giving yourself the time to do that I think that one of the biggest challenges in modern world is we're always running to the next task, uh, always running to the next thing, and we don't reflect enough. There's, there's always something capturing our attention. It's always like a squirrel running by, you know, your, your phone, your TV, or whatever. And it's so important to reflect. And, and here, here's an idea that we've been playing with. And, and this idea comes from, I don't, I don't know if you've ever heard of the organization called HeartMath. HeartMath has done a lot of research on the heart in the electromagnetic field of the heart. I know. So one of the things that they propose, which makes a lot of sense to me, is human beings basically are mostly in their head, meaning they're, they're always thinking, there's always the analysis brought into it, right? But being human, really, what that means to me is living from your heart, not your head. And, and I've had experiences after meditating where when I was in India, actually, where the, the mind went away, there, all, all of a sudden there was no thoughts, there was no chatter, none of that shit that's always going on in your head. And as soon as that happens, your heart opens up and your consciousness just expands, right? And, and when you can live in that type of um, state, you realize that all the stuff you ever worry about, all the stuff you ever complain about, all the stuff that... Uh, that wears on you, it's all meaningless. It's all meaningless. The only thing that really matters is that love inside you and letting it express, which I think is the same thing as you're saying in regards to um, allowing people to reach their potential. It's, it's the same thing, right? And, and I think that until society in a whole or a majority of society learns to live from the heart versus the head, which is corporate is all head, we're going to keep having like the issues we see in the world. So to me, the challenge is how do we teach people to live more from the heart? Because in many ways, it's counterintuitive because there'll be someone coming to you, whether it's your father, your mother, your family member saying what you're doing. Like in your case, when you went off the grid for the, for the medical treatment, mentally, that doesn't make sense. Mentally, you know, you're going to die. But when you go with the heart, you go inside and you feel it, it could be a completely different thing. Right, and it seems like you're in the position where you're living more from the heart versus the head. Everything you say and kind of communicate gives me that indication. So, so I guess the, what I'm grappling with is how do we stay there 
the majority of the time? And how do we teach other people to do that? Uh, I, I love the work from the Harfmas in Institute. And I also have this um, device where you can actually measure your uh, oh, coherence level. Yeah, I got that too. I, 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 I love, and also there, the, the work is so simple. Yeah. that the, the, the brain speaks another language than the heart. And to kind of synchronize or to create that uh, uh, coherence, you just focus first on the, on the mind and then you focus on the heart and you, 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 you kind of uh, create this uh, or synchronize the frequencies. And it's a beautiful work, really. It's like, for me... Uh, you know, there is a. I'm reading a wonderful book. It's calling Falling Up Upwards, and mm. it's it's describing the two parts of life. The first part where we create the container, and the second part where we create the content. The container is really driven by the external world. The contain and uh, the content is driven by the internal world. And in between, there is like a trigger, and the trigger can be burnout, depression, cancer, accidents, near-death experiences. And I've met so many people, and especially entrepreneurs, the one I'm going to write books about. The, the uh, entrepreneur, the human is all about, it's 25 stories of those people having near-death experience, uh, burnouts, depression, everything, being highly successful as entrepreneurs. But then there was like a kind of a, switch or trigger where they completely focus on their internal being and not giving too much about what the external world maybe requires from them uh, and i mean my surrounding is not in the past my surrounding was very little aware of spirit and all these things and still is i grew up in a tiny village the only thing I can do is inspiring them. I cannot change them, so I inspire them. And with baby steps, maybe eating healthy food, becoming vegetarian or, or small issues, and also becoming vegetarian, it's like it should be driven by internal thoughts and motivations and not by external. And this is so important that we are aware what's the motivation is it internal or external and if it's external it's fake it's i'm doing i become a vegan or vegetarian because of it's trendy all my friends are i would like to eat meat but it's so trendy and i want to do something good in this world but it's never sustainable and then usually those people leave the extremes this is another big issue in our uh, society we are living so much the extremes, so no matter what you do, left or right or whatever, vegan or not vegan, don't leave the extremes because that's very not healthy and it's, again, also fake and the motivation behind this is not true. And it's happening everywhere. Also in entrepreneurship, I, I've had startups where they had their first focus was how much we're going to have when we exit the company before even creating a, a solution of a problem to be solved. It's like, it's really crazy. So if the motivation is just to make quick, stupid, usually dirty money, 
it's it's the wrong one and the, the chance that you're gonna fail and create some misery it's very big right yeah it's um uh you brought up a lot of uh interesting things there because um um i consider myself a, a vegan for a number of reasons but that's not going to stop me in particular with my family um to basically ruin their their um, like a, a dinner event because it's Thanksgiving and on Thanksgiving we have turkey and I'm not going to be like, oh, well, you better have cooked portobello mushrooms for me. Like, no, I will eat the turkey and, and, and not complain about it because um, um, there's basically an, an exchange of, of things happening in, in that situation. And um, you, you want to point them in a right direction, but you don't want to also like scold them for having a tradition that, that you've, uh, been a part of and enjoyed for the vast majority of your life um and i and then on, on top of that also the the whole being a vegan and then suddenly you're in this place where you just can't have meat ever again um and going to those extremes and um and and being offended when you see somebody eating meat um is is another issue because it's like um it um first of all it sometimes meat tastes good but it, it's still a I, I still don't like ingesting it every single day. And that, that was the, the whole goal really was that I was eating meat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And it was, that was, was that healthy? No. And um, is it um, overly healthy to never eat meat again? No, it, it, it's okay to eat meat once a, once a week, once every other week. It, it's just, it, it's everything's in moderation and, um, and, and, and finding out the middle path as opposed to um, finding yourself zigzagging up the, up the, um, the metaphorical um um caduceus you know it's like there, there's that middle bar that, that you can um yes i love and the, the the healing is always in the middle as i already mentioned so even with food it's like i mean some people their their awareness is like kindergarten their yeah. spiritual uh, awakening or their spiritual path maybe even if they're 70 doesn't matter the age and in the past, I, I burned a lot of energy and thoughts and whatever on people like this. But now I feel compassion for them. Yeah. Your, your awareness is so low. You, you kind of eat every day. You slaughter all the animals. You eat the bad emotions. That was the reason why I stopped eating anything uh, who was alive. I mean, the, the, the plants or anything who what is that before I eat? I, I, I don't want to eat food like this because I can feel it. And as, as we know from many uh, scientists, the emotions are in this on a cellular level. So yeah. it doesn't make sense. I eat these bad emotions from animal who just suffered. So I'm very egoistic. I'm eat, I don't eat it because I'm, I'm, I'm caring too much about myself and for sure. And of course I care about the animals. My prime motivation was like, I want to protect my own body from getting, getting those bad emotions. And then I feel just compassion for the people who are still um, greedy, striving for more and more and over consuming the extremes. I'm not saying it's only it's, it's um, this, you can have a discussion never ending uh, if it's healthy or not healthy to eat meat. I think it's again also the issue of uh, the extremes and, and also the respect you, you have against 
uh, or towards the source of of nutrition you you consume because we we don't respect uh, or being grateful for the, the the if we eat animals we are not having this respect anymore and this is a big thing and the emotions when we eat for example also junk food this is so bad if we have this negative emotion you can eat once in a while a burger it will not kill you if you have if you have really this awareness and 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 not eating all the bad emotions linked to that food you consume and you can even change structure of the food you can create non-organic into organic food with your thoughts and 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 i'm so so uh so sure yeah, the, the selfishness of it um, is the big thing that, that you hit on because that, that's the whole reason why I basically do everything. The whole reason why I did this podcast was so, one, I could talk to awesome people like you, Marcel, um, and um, also, too, so I could get better at talking with people. And it's like, hey, and it goes back to the compassion thing, too, because it's like it, it, you just you touched on so, so many important things when it comes to that because um, I do – I, I legitimately feel bad for people when they're you, you see them and they're they're in their late sixties and they're morbidly obese and, and still eating McDonald's and 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 you're like man you could have had such a a, a higher experience life if you hadn't been eating all that stuff um, and it, and that's just like one aspect that's just the food itself it's like if you just weren't doing that and then when you get into the eating the emotions that that's completely true and accurate and um, I'll definitely be pulling up uh, scientific facts on that because I want to dive on that uh, deeper. And, um, and, and it goes into the subtleties of, of life. Like when, you have, um, when you're more subtle um, it, and, and you can taste different things, you start to feel these feelings and it goes back to being in the hospital. You feel this feeling that this hospital is, um, whatever energy it's giving off is, is, is affecting you, it's hurting you. And so it's like you have to get away from those, those um, effects. And um, yeah. Yeah, and I think an important point that you guys bring up is like there, there are subtle energies, and, and you feel them, like the energies of like uh, that that you take on when you eat animals, the energies you feel when you're in the hospital, and and, and I feel these energies quite often too. And, and but the one thing I've been trying to do lately is pay attention to them, right, and and react and react in in um in a way that uh, makes sense. Because in the past, what I would do is I would feel these things. Like, for example, I, I remember one time I was eating fish and I could feel the pain of the fish, right? But then I would kind of move that out of my consciousness and still eat the fish. And then I would feel shit afterwards, right? I, I would kind of ignore these subtle feelings because I guess in some ways I, I didn't give them enough credence and enough uh, um, authority. And that, that's one big change that I've made in the last little while. When these subtle feelings come up, I pay attention to them because they're there for a reason and they're there really to move you in the direction you should be moving. And they're there to like move you in the direction that you, your, your soul wants to go versus the external environment. Right. So being able to touch, like to connect with these subtle feelings and act on them, I, I think is a, a distinct in, in a, path, a step on the path to becoming spiritual or evolving yourself. Uh, what I also, I mean, kind of a conclusion or what I just wanted to share on your question about the retreat. 
I mean, or being a businessman, I, I, I have the feelings also there and I feel the emotions. And let's say the motivations behind, I feel it instant if it's money or if it's the caring economy part. And that's the future. Really, I care about, let's say, the people who are consuming or buying my products. Or I care about my stakeholders everywhere, my employees. And I've been in too many retreats where I felt like, what the, really, what, I mean, that's like almost a crime, how they waste time and money from other people. And so I was like, fuck, I, if nobody else is doing an awesome retreat, I, I haven't found one. I'm going to do it myself. And I was like, I'm too busy, but let's do it. And so I did one in April. And people were like, oh, my God, you have no idea how to run a retreat and you will destroy other people's lives because they will be so disappointed. <laughs> and it was, you know what I did? I did nothing. We did the nothing retreat. We had no program. We had no structure. We had nothing. And for most of the group, I would say eight to nine people, we have been 16. It was life-changing. Can you imagine? Because we created the space there for the magic to happen. And the week we spent in uh, Greece on this beautiful, spiritual, amazing energy near Athens, incredible. And people asked me, what did you do? And I was like, I didn't do anything. I put the, I rented the place. We had a little daily structure, more like when we consume the food. But the rest was open, open space. And my only, the only request I had, everyone needs to share an hour of their potential and passion. And it doesn't matter in which field. It needs to be spirit, body, and mind but it can be anything cooking class can be uh, business talk it can be yoga class or whatever and so everyone had equal ownership of the retreat and some people really didn't know what they should do in this hour but it was so amazing and so and i i, I work a lot with spiritual teachers and whatever and usually i i don't I see them as equal as everybody else. We are all equal. So there is no, as also in nature, we are, there is, we don't have hierarchy. I can't say. Hierarchy? Yes, structures. We don't yeah. have, it doesn't exist in nature. It's an invention by humans. Like time is another human invention. So this is, the crucial thing that everyone is equal, everything we do is always right, there is no wrong. And we're gonna do another retreat end of September and we are uh, almost full, it's amazing. We've, it's in one month and we filled it up in a week. And also I thought like, what the fuck, people are not that spontaneous anymore. Uh, maybe we will be not full this time, but it seems we are overbooked. and. The money thing was also funny. I was like half of the retreat last time was for free. And this time I was like, uh, people just decide their own price tag. Whatever the week brought in benefits, they pay. If they feel like zero, then they pay, feel, uh, they pay nothing. I don't mind. I, I will not, 
I will not uh, chase them if they pay nothing. So it should be like this because then the motivation behind is also not the money or the greedy, uh, the greedy thing. Yeah, wow, that's, that's the that's the thing with um, with the retreats that you brought up is um, um, I was a um, I, I was like a, a an addict to those those retreats for a little while because they, they feel like you're getting so much done. And then uh, you you go for a week and um and then next thing you, you you come back and you're like that's that's minus one week of me doing me that was um I you know you're just sitting there and um it, you almost feel gypped at the end of it but you don't you you like you sub you, you do like a mental mind trick on it you're like man I just spent twenty five hundred dollars no I didn't get I didn't get duped it was the greatest experience ever it's the same thing with going to Disney World you know these people go to Disney World. And they have a terrible freaking time because Disney World just sucks the energy right out of you and sucks all your money out. And, um, and you come back and you feel so guilty that you couldn't have fun in quote unquote the, the funnest place on earth that um, <laughs> you tell everyone, oh, it was Disney World it was amazing. Uh, you didn't go to Disney World. We were there for two weeks. It was great. And you just make everyone feel like shit. And then everyone else goes to Disney World, has the same sub, uh, silent experience and comes back and, and regurgitates the same lie. Um, and, and I feel like that's what was happening with, with a lot of retreats and it's exciting, um, to hear that you're trying something different to hear that they, people aren't going there to learn something from somebody else. They're going to learn something from themselves. They have to spend that, that hour to actually create something for, for other people. And that, that in itself, if you've never had a client or a customer for yoga, for example, suddenly you have a client a whole hour there to prove to yourself that hey i can i can really do this and and that's a much bigger deal than than having some speaker go up there and tell you that you can do it because you're actually experiencing it for yourself it's like um it's a way better faster way to learn and um and also the the spontaneity of keeping everything open i i just love that idea because my favorite part about uh london and london real that uh, uh speak to inspire was talking to everybody um it wasn't actually uh, Brian Rose do, doing the stuff that interested me. It was everyone else talking to each other and, and having a great time and was actually just, just bringing this up was the one regret that I had in London was that we never actually got, got to sit down and have a cup of coffee together, Marcel. So that's why I was so happy that uh, we were able to do this now. Um, but um, I, I think that, that, this, uh, that this retreat sounds amazing and, and much, much more different than, uh, than, than what other people are, are, are selling maybe a quick thought there it's like what makes a group in a retreat or what makes a retreat special it's not amazing how you stay for sure it's an important fact and the food is for sure important but it's all the group it's the group mm -hmm. yeah. so why should i take benefits financially also on my echo and my whatever that the group was so amazing. It's not my uh, value created. The group created that value. So uh, this is this is the thing we need to remember. And it's everywhere. It's not only in a retreat. It's in a company. Everywhere, when people get together, it's the people who create that awesome experience. And they should have the rewards and the ownership of that uh, creation they did. And this is really, in the future, it will be so difficult for all these mad corporate structures and, and even company not really um, creating a value add. They, will be, they have so many difficulties because 
that yes, as you mentioned, that people maybe buy it, but their experience after when they go home, they, they feel so shitty. Yes, they spend all their last money. And with all the transparency we created, it will be really difficult for such um, uh, businesses to survive. And retreats is such a boom. Everybody's doing retreats, and I felt like the same. I'm, I'm so complaining about the retreats. I've been some are really like were really terrible. Like, and it was like not only the money. It was also like give me my week back. It's like fuck. We <laughs> yeah. only have a, the the planet will change so dramatically in the next twelve years. So I don't know. We have let's say five hundred weeks of awesome joy and happiness and then maybe it's slightly different or or be pretty much different experience on this planet so one week out of those 500 weeks it's a lot so give me that bloody week back and keep the money i don't mind so and people should really when they consider going in a retreat or spending time with other people they should really be more uh, having more concern and, and also uh, kind of doing their homework uh, on on the um, people quality actually not not only forget about the money but the quality of the people in those retreats can you hear the bell it's like a sign maybe oh yeah <laughs> it's coming through loud and clear <laughs> So I'm actually going on a week-long retreat next week, and I'm thinking, well, shit, should I cancel or should I go? <laughs> <laughs> if you get the money back, do it. Because no. <laughs> you're not going to get that time back, Anthony. Yeah. yeah. The time refunds. Yeah. But the cool thing about the retreat I'm going on, they, they have uh, basically the same philosophy that you have in your retreat, uh, going from somebody to nobody and focus on the spirit and not the mind. Um, mm. So... In some ways, it sounds uh, similar, but I, mm. I have to tell you, like the amount of courage to go into a retreat with X number of people without an without an outline, like um, like almost hour by hour kind of itinerary, would 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 scare me to tell to tell you the truth. <laughs> but but I, I think the key, and, and Justin hit on it, the key and why you were so successful is because you created an open space, but you gave everyone the ownership. Everyone had ownership in making this successful, right? And, and that, that was the key. That, that, it's, mm. And again, it goes back to your philosophy, make life simple. You can't get any simpler than that, right? It's, it's beautiful when you think about it. Yeah, and also creating the trust because some people need security. I, I don't have... I mean, I have security, but not too much. I need more freedom. So that's for sure something you kind of play around. If people come there and some are like, oh my God, maybe you really going to screw us up or the week will be <laughs> shitty. But they had the trust that it will be not the nightmare. Maybe it will be awful, but not the nightmare. And we had so much magic. Like once an afternoon, we one guy was like, I'm not about for workshops this afternoon, so why not renting a, 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 a scooter? And we all did it. The whole group just rented randomly, spontaneously a scooter, and we scootered around the island. It was so much fun, and we were like kids. This is also important. The whole week we were, we all felt like kids dancing and uh, celebrating life, but we also cried. So it's like. We had like everything of this human uh, 
let's say, of this uh, human components and of this human experience. And that's basically why we are here in life. It's to have an experience. There is no good and bad. And even if, if we food, would have fucked the week up, it would be still an experience. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, and I like that also that um, um, you accept that you're not going to try to recreate this, the same story. So what, what you could have done here with the second retreat or this next retreat was um, take everything that worked on the, on the previous retreat and, and just put it into this new one because now, now you have the structure. Now you know what, uh, what everyone wants. You're not doing that. You didn't. You didn't buy. You didn't give into that. You're going to allow the next this retreat to to define itself, and I, I, that that's what what kind of excited me enough about it to where I was like, hey, maybe am I available? <laughs> Join. <laughs> <laughs> I could. Yeah, yeah. I I, I'm definitely looking into it now. So it's mm -hmm. exciting for me too. We have some. I think we are people from ten different countries. Amazing, like from Australia, China, Europe, US, and we try to put the nice group together. So this is why we want to do kind of invitation only, and we want to be slightly overbooked. And yeah, shit, I need to run somehow. <laughs> My car is in the way. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's a good time to get to, to call an end. Yeah. yeah. So again, uh, Marcel, we, we, we really enjoyed this talk. Thank you so much for being on a spiritual hustle and good luck in all your ventures in the future. And, uh, I would like to come to one of these at some point too. And it seems like Justin would also. So <laughs> take care and all the best, man. I, yeah, it was a great pleasure, and uh, I hope I see you in one of the retreats or somewhere else. And or somewhere else, yeah. Great, great pleasure. Thanks. Thanks also having me. Yeah. Thank you, Marcel. Bye bye. Have a good Take day. Care, see you. Ciao ciao.